Greetings, travelers. The following episode is of Listener Tales. Now, we do not read these ahead of time, so listener discretion is advised. I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh my gosh, this is um, this is one of my favorite things that we get. Is it the listener story? The listener stories. I thought you were gonna say one of your favorite things that we get is the like Bucky's um, little caramels. I like those oh, a lot. These are good, but I like the Bucky's what? white fudge bugles, bugles oh. beaver twists. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. If if you guys see me at a con. Yes, I, you can I, bribe I Mark with you can bribe me twist. with beaver twists. Yes. Okay. Bucky, so. um, if you're listening, we would love a sponsorship. You know yeah, what? Yeah, it's true. Kelly, Kelly, tag him in the show. Tag him in the show. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah okay. we, we, would, we would love to be sponsored. But anyway, we have been getting lots and lots of listener tales. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. You all love them uh, as you've reported to us. So, and we love them too. Yes. So, uh, we are not generally a you know listener you know a, a you know an experiencer just giving you're, us stories you're just making them sound well sound I'm, just, I'm, just, say. I'm just saying i love getting these though because then it is something that we connect directly with you on and we can we can respond to oh yeah no it it gets it lets us get to know what you're experiencing too gives us ideas for shows yes um, and gives us places to go look. We're lore chasers. I think that's what we should call them. lore yeah, chasers. Lore chasers. All right. Yep. Yeah. You got to register a new domain. New right domain. Now. Right. Lore chasers. No, we're the travelers. Okay. Um. What do you want to kick us off? You want me to kick you off? What do? Um. Well, let's let's. Um. I I I was supposed to give a shout out to Ryan from Network Solutions on the next Listener Tales episode, uh, just because he helped get our email servers all sorted. Um. Uh, which I'm very thankful for. So I just, I have to say he, and he was also a fan of the show. Well, Ryan, so, thank uh, you very much. So that was also kind of cool that just out of the blue. So Ryan, thanks so much for helping me with all that. So Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Are you going first? Um, let me do the first one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, uh, admittedly, we already said at the beginning, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, don't read these. We, we don't skim read these them a little bit, but we don't actually read them I just look for all. bad words and things that, you know, are bad things that we shouldn't. There are, there, you know, as always, listener discretion as advised. Yeah. So growing up, my grandparents and my father told me about this orange glowing ball of fire. They called it a pumpkin ball, I think. It would appear out of nowhere and like a ball, it would bounce across the yard but it looked like a fireball. Once it hit something, it exploded and disappeared. Now, I had a hard time believing this story until my adult years when I witnessed it for the first time. I don't think it's centralized to one area. My family comes from the Appalachian foothills of Kentucky near Daniel Boone Forest, but my father grew up in Northern Kentucky and that's where he witnessed these events as a kid. In my adult years, I was driving home late one night for our trip I was in Indiana, almost to Kentucky, when this fireball, aka a pumpkin ball, shot out of the woods along the interstate, crossed in front of me, and bounced across the interstate and disappeared. No idea if there are legends behind these or backstories, but it's something my family has witnessed. David M. Wow. 
Wow. So, David, um, thank you for sending in your story. Yes, thank you, David. I know of ball lightning, and That's that is different. a natural phenomena yeah. that has been, been documented well. Uh, Orange-colored ball lightning is definitely something interesting. I think this is very will-o'-wisp I was going to say, it really screams fae to me, mm -hmm. like something the fae would do, because it doesn't seem like it's harmful. No. It seems like it's playing. And apparently once it touches something, it just explodes. So it's like uh, the way he described it is that it like... Well, except it, for it bounces across the road, and then yeah. it explodes when it lands. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a very playful phenomenon, as long as it mm -hmm. hasn't like lit things on fire and stuff. It could be ball lightning, just, you know, a different color. Okay. Uh, so, so Mark's going the science route. But I'm not also saying I'm ball lightning is 100% science either. Ball lightning is something we know very little about. Yes, so, but it, scientists have talked about ball yeah, lightning. But, they're, they're, but again, we're still learning. There's more to it. Yes. And up again, until recently, it didn't exist. This is preternatural becoming natural. So I think. I, I'm voting Faye, David. I'm voting right. Faye. There you go. So, yeah. but thank you for that, David. That was a great story. I hope I get to see that. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. As long as they're not malevolent, I'm down with that. That one, I'm not going to know. I would like to be a part of that. All right. Okay, next one. Your oh, turn. Hello. I recently stumbled upon your podcast and I'm enjoying it very much. Oh, I'm so glad to hear Yay, that. Thank you. Okay. I have been curious about the paranormal. You asked for stories. I have a few. I would like to share one. And I also have a question for you. Or your listeners, please don't use my name. Okay, I will not use your name. We will call you anonymous. Okay, here we go. Sometimes I see family members who have died. To me, they aren't ghosts, just people who exist elsewhere most of the time, but who pop in occasionally. Ghosts are people who should have moved on but didn't. This story is about a ghost. When I was a girl, 17 years old, I worked in a neighborhood of old Victorian houses some were single family homes, some were sketchy apartments, I hear you on that one, mm -hmm. and some were businesses. I worked as a receptionist in a large house that had been restored and turned into a business. It was next to a halfway house for teenage boys. The boys would hang out there on their front porch and call out to me when I arrived and when I left. Of course. Yes why that happens it it's kind teenage of, boys yeah it's kind of like revving engines i don't yeah. think revving engines like at least growing up as a female revving engines never did i go Ooh, i want to see what that is like yeah, I'm, yeah. it's not a thing no nope. okay um back to the story back to the story uh da, da, da. things um they wanted to do to me etc inappropriate yeah. A couple of times, they left the porch and crossed the driveway towards me. I doubt they would have followed me, followed through with what they threatened. I just think they got a kick out of scaring me. But back then, I was really afraid. Well, I'm Smart. sorry they had to go through that. But Smart it's to be afraid, to yeah. be fair. If they're yeah. talk, there's only a couple steps away from actions. Yeah, unfortunately. Especially when I would turn close to the office. We were open until six in the evening and in the winter it would get pretty dark by 6.30 when I left. Yeah. I had to leave the house, lock the front door and then walk to the back where I parked my car right past the halfway house porch. I should have mentioned the house I worked in was haunted. <laughs> yeah, should have led with that. Yeah, I yeah, should have yeah. led with that. Nope, not a job I would have taken. Okay, just kidding. I've had those experiences too. Okay, things would move into the oddest places. Files would disappear for days at a time only to be found on another floor on a high shelf or in the back of a closet. 
You could catch glimpses of something out of the corner of your eye, but when you turned, it was gone. There were strange noises, not typical old house noises. Those were different. There's a sense of a male presence, that sort of thing. I wasn't the only one who noticed. Other employees had stories and even a few of the clients. The ghost wasn't scary, though. It was just a ghost. That happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. One night I was locking up and I smelled cigarettes and looked over at the halfway house. I couldn't see the boys on their porch and knew I'd have to pass them. I could see the boys on the porch and knew I'd have to pass them to get to my car. I dreaded it. Suddenly I felt surrounded by a presence, a sense of strength and comfort. This sense stayed with me as I walked to my car. And for once, I don't remember the boys saying anything at all. I was never entirely easy when I left the house, especially when it was dark. But after that night, it was better. And when I was alone in the house, I liked knowing I wasn't really alone. I love that. Oh, I have. When we do my ghost story episode, I have one around something like that. Okay. okay. Now for the question. A bit of backstory first. Sorry for the length of the email. I was a single parent with two small girls, both grown now. But when they were three and five years old, I was able to buy a small house. It was a new house in a new subdivision. My youngest daughter could find anything. If I didn't know where it was, I asked her and she would tell me, and she was always right. I even worked for other people. For example, sometimes my sister would call and if she misplaced something in the house, and my daughter would tell her where it was. Here's the question. My daughter talked about seeing Abraham Lincoln in the hallway closet in her bedroom, uh, in the hallway outside her bedroom. She talked about him to me and to her sister. She would say he would walk through the hall and sometimes just stand there outside her bedroom door. He didn't talk to her. He didn't act scared. And although she experienced night terrors, I don't think it was related to this figure. It went on quite a while. At the time, because of the way she told the stories and also because of my own experiences, I believed her. But I didn't think it was Abe Lincoln, but someone from that time period. The area of our subdivision was built on, sorry, was built on, had been farmland settled during the 1850s. I always protected my home with sage and prayers. I never felt threatened there. I recently listened to your Hat Man episode, though, mm. and I remember my daughter's stories. I asked her about it, and strangely enough, her sister had... Oh, my goodness! I got the goosebumps! Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah! I asked her about it, and strangely... I literally... Mark, look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I asked her about it, strangely enough, her sister had read an article about the hat man and called her the night before I did. She doesn't even remember seeing him. The thing is, there's never any fear. What's your take? Could it have been the hat man or just a person? Thanks, Anonymous. Wow. Okay, first of all, Anonymous, you unpack, just gave yeah. me the heebie-jeebies. There's so much I want to unpack with this story. But to address the thing with your daughter, um, I don't think... I think your daughter had an invisible friend. We did yep. an episode on this. And if you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it. Because I think Abraham Lincoln is just what she knew to equate what she saw with. Because sometimes... Some with a top hat and beard or... Yeah. And she could have seen him on a penny or who knows. Yeah. Because it's, you know, talked about. And that may be what she equated to it or what yeah. she felt like you could um, call that. I don't think he was um, the hat man. I think the hat man comes across very differently and it's not it's like a wide brim hat yes. and uh more more gangster looking yeah you know, I don't think you would ever equate him with Abraham Lincoln. 
uh, from what I've from the people who've reported him to me. Yes, no, he doesn't. I don't know that she has night terrors on top of that and that she's able to find things just intuitively. She's definitely gifted, she definitely has a talent. Well, that and she may be gifted in to the realm of spirits. And exactly. the reason I say that it's different than sort of empath and things like that because whether she realized it or not, they may have been talking to her. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the night terrors, I think, can be from, um, there's many things that cause that, right? A lot of it is lucid dreaming, potentially, mm -hmm. because there are those of us that have very, very vivid dreams. And sometimes they can go really scary, especially when you're younger and you don't know how to control them and how to turn them in your direction. So I think night terrors can be that. But it also could be if, you know, I didn't do well with the sixth sense. Again, going to cover this more in another episode, the movie, because that had been my life. Mm. And so if there were things communicating to her and just hitting her with pictures, because you've, if you've listened to our other episodes, you've heard me talk about, I think a lot of times spirits communicate by presenting a picture to you, not like a photograph, but in your mind, what they're trying to quote unquote say. And she could be going through with that, but I feel like she's just probably very connected. And I think it runs in the family because you were talking about you worked in a haunted location and that you felt that presence that protected you from boys. Yes, that is a hundred percent. That can run in the family. There's a reason yep. spiritual bloodlines occur and things like that. And uh, we all have a, that aunt that, you know, knew her juju or her grandma or whatever. So, um, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Absolutely. So, so thank you so much for that. I know you didn't want to leave your name, but uh, thank you for sending And that. you send us more stories, please, please, yes. please. All right. Okay. My turn. Yes. All right. I have, hi, travelers. Hi. hi. I have a weird question. My mama loved owls and collected them. Every time I seen a little owl knickknack, I would think of her. Mama passed away on a Friday, but she was pretty much just sleeping for a few days before she passed. I understand that. Yeah. I'm in another state. Sorry now. for your loss. So sorry for your loss. Yeah. And that, that is never easy. The loss of a parent. No. Um, uh, I'm in another state now. She was home in Alabama. My husband and I went for a walk in the woods a few days before she passed away. And as I turned on the trail, I came very close to an owl at eye level in a tree. I stared at it for a few moments before walking away as I didn't want to ruin the moment by scaring it away. A few days later, Mama was gone. I regret that I didn't speak to her in those last days, but had had a grandbaby come for a long stay in the hospital. She was very ill. I think she held on until he came home and was helping my daughter. My question is, do you believe that perhaps as she lay there sleeping between life and death, the owl could have been a sign of her being with me? I have walked these woods for decades and have never seen an owl that close always very high in the trees. And if you can tell me where they're at at all, um, I know this is long. Thank you for reading, Katie Wagner. Well, Katie, we're very sorry for your loss. Yes. I would say yes. And here's the thing. I'm a firm believer that the spirit doesn't necessarily say or the soul, whatever word you want to use, the cookie. That's another word for it, by the way. Um, doesn't necessarily stay with the body, especially when it's passing on. And she absolutely could have been just coming to let you know that she's okay and she was ready. And I think a lot of times um, 
people are able to do that for us is to come kind of let us know that it's okay and they're ready to go on with their journey and to just let you know also that it was okay that you took care of what you had to take care of because I know for a lot of um, people you know we if you think about you wouldn't want somebody just staring at your body laying in a bed like that's not something you wish so she was probably letting you know that it was all okay and that you had made all the right choices in that. So I wouldn't have guilt or regret either because that that's my personal opinion. And uh, having gone through the recently, fairly recently, a death of a parent, it was, uh, I mean, it's been years now, but it still seems so recent um, that, you know, there were moments where she was there and her moments she wasn't. So, you know, and that, and I, researching the books, I talked to a lot of hospice nurses and we get a lot of emails from hospice yeah. nurses and they all have, stories like that that it's you know the person hung on or they were seeing friends or they were talking to loved ones and then the loved one would call from another state saying i had the weirdest dream about you and you know and yeah she was she was there so yeah i think and then if she definitely has a spirit animal i'd keep my eyes open for more owls i think I there's more coming your way so. i think so and just be willing to acknowledge it and make sure it's positive when you're when you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds like you know, it sounds like your mom is in a good place. Yeah, you know, um, about a, I think a year and three months ago, my stepdad passed, and I was very close with with him. Um, uh, and when he did, um, I think a day or two later, uh, the tree in our yard that he it was the first tree he had planted. He had planted everything in that yard. When he bought it, it was just like a dirt lot. When that tree died, it, it was like a day or two after he had passed. And, and that felt really like symbolic to me. So, you know, whether or not like his spirit was like part of that or, or you know, what was happening with that, I, I do think that there is like a very real spiritual connection with things that you know, like an object that's really special to a loved one or, a, you know, an animal uh, in a lot of cases. It, it's definitely possible. Um, and I, I think hearing stories like that, you know, it, it I, I'm sorry for your loss. Like that is a really terrible thing to go through. And it is helpful and comforting to know that your loved ones care about you and that they care that, you know, you're still taken care of. I, I think that's like the most important takeaway. Agreed. I agree. Okay. All right, Erica, your turn. Yes. I lived here since 2020. My house is in a holler and I'm butted up against some woods. Last night, every dog was settling, setting off down the holler and mine added their fair share. We don't have AC, so some sleep on the front porch at night, three in the house and one in the yard protecting my ducks, chickens, and goats. That dog wasn't out back, though. She heard her paw, so she'd been in the house. Our little dog started carrying on, and he's known to just, he's known to, so I just ignored him until my ducks, all 16 of them, started running and flapping. I Sounds like Carrie. Oh, I assumed it was a fox or raccoon, and myself and my daughter took off out the back door. We found the ducks, all huddled in the corner by the coop, raising hell. Everyone was accounted for, so we went back and let our guardian dog outside. She normally settles down near the ducks and will alert if anything comes close. She's still very chill and doesn't set off like the others do. Well, last night, 
She was a live wire. My eldest daughter and I went back out with the flashlights and she kept taking me to the point in the yard and alerting across the road, shining our lights. There were eyes reflecting in the trees around our mailbox. About that time, my husband texted me from work on his break and I told him what happened. He heard a clicking behind our mailbox when he was getting the car to go to work. We have creatures that make that noise. It was nothing new, but we decided to head in. It's about the time to check our wards and boundary protections. Last time we had any issues, one of my RR spikes was out of the ground. Railroad spike. Yes. So. Terry Hayes. Wah! Just again, the goosebumps. Now you get to see them live yeah. and in person. Yes. I don't like that. There's definitely something going on. The animals see them faster than we do. That's that's just been known. That is, you go to the oldest, even John D's writings back in the day, in the medieval times, he knew the dogs and cats could see things we couldn't. Egyptians knew that the cats could see the spirit world and could talk to the, the spirits and stuff like that. So, Trust your animals. I'm not kidding. Yeah. The other day, Mark walked in and my dog that doesn't bark at people walking through the door went off and was looking directly behind him and was growling and which growling your dog never and she growls. doesn't growl and never. he was like nope whatever that was needed to go and at first we kind of dismissed it and then both me and mark had to deal with it later yeah, that yeah, night there was definitely things we both did to do cleansings yeah and stuff. i love that you're using railroad spikes in the ground they do make great protection uh, for because iron propels a lot of things uh, spiritually that you know in folklore and folk tales, but also you know with your intentions, put your intentions behind it, and yeah. you know everything works. Uh, at our new location, I've got a couple jars that uh, some native friends have given me over the years and protection things, and that was the first thing we did at the new location was set them up, and uh, I hadn't finished setting them up, and we had an accident at the new place, but. Uh, you know, all is well so far, you know, now and things are better, but, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely do not, do not dismiss this. No, this not at definitely, all. Put, you know, the, put the wards up again, and I would do a little something special around that area because obviously they got through. And if you're up against some woods, you know, you've got protection of the wood people just, you know, know what to do. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Give them some offerings. Yes, yes. That's always a good thing too. Yeah. Uh, do we want to take a quick break? We need to take a break. And we won't I be... think so because man, I need a break. After I need a. I got so many heebie-jeebies. I need a break. We'll be right back. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. 
I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We're back. back. We're back. Yeah. Wow. I think I'm going to take the next one. All right. Because we got two big ones. I see that. Yeah. Seems inappropriate, but could be inappropriate. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. So, so this one, and this is why I want to take this one because it starts off. So, I have three Wendigo on my in my property. Three Wendigo in my my property. property. Wow. I've seen the Supernatural episode with Wendigo. I yep. would not want to have a Wendigo on my property. No, and it's 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 a term that a lot of people use to describe a lot of things, like where Skinwalker has become this you you not you know this term that's everywhere. It's a Navajo term, you know, and uh, some of the other nations, you know, the you know, have different names, have different names for it, and they don't like it when it's oh that's a Skinwalker. It's like no, that's something else on my tribe, and yeah, I, I understand that. So yeah, but Wendigo is another one of those. It's kind of ubiquitous at some points, and that's. But yeah. there is a Wendigo. That's a particular <laughs> legend. Back no, agreed. But I, I just love that this letter immediately is. So I threw Wendigo on my phone. That's why I wanted to read it. I didn't read yep, the rest. Yep. So here we go. Okay, buckle up. No, just kidding. Yep. Yeah, you heard right. I have three Wendigo. 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 I always knew that my property had some supernatural beings because I live in the Civil War battle zone here in north central arkansas and we all know some cryptids like places of tragedy some of them do some do some do okay we get hauntings like ghosts and whatnot but what i didn't know until recently that is that i have three mother flipping windigo 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 why do i keep saying this wrong just hobnobbing in my property like they own the place (laughs) what i love that this Okay, not, mother, I didn't mean to laugh at that. That's just the one that's mother, Okay, I got in touch with my friend who is a gray witch seer. After my fi- fiance, my oh my gosh, wow. I can't even read it anymore. After my fiance and I heard something huge charging at us through the woods at pitch black nighttime, they informed me that two of the three are malicious, which explains why everyone always feel like they're on the edge when the boys are nearby. And that we are being hunted down. But one of them is neutral. That's interesting because Wendigo are not generally no. neutral spirits. No, they are not. They are not. Yes. And everybody just heard the mystical ring doorbell in my house. It's okay. <laughs> um, and so one of them is neutral. So my fiance and the seer lovingly named the neutral one Mendingo. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that the it's- title of a movie? Uh, yeah in a book it's uh and also an adult version too but it's uh was that, about the same time as roots oh and it was about a slave in love with their master's wife and then i don't vice versa. It's, I, i'm not it's a kind fan. of a yeah, i'm not, not a fan of that not a I'm thing not. it's also a you know a a, a, a you know a tribe in okay Ethiopia, so, okay yeah. yeah i don't i'm so yeah anyway okay so yeah, we did protection spell, late sigils, and black salts to keep the boys out. Mandingo hangs around more so while the other two don't linger here much. But yeah, it is a story of my three Wendigos and 
who I am horrified except for Mandingo, Wendy. Well, Wendy. Wow. I would choose a different nickname. Yeah, I would choose a different nickname. Yes. And then, um, and uh, also have three on your property is seems like excessive. It does, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? They may be clean. pack animals. They may be. We don't know. Again, this is this is all, you know. But are you Jack? This indicates that they're being hunted. That's not a good thing. No, that you feel like you're being hunted. Oh, like, I don't you know, like two that. Are, no, two are not pleasant. So yeah, definitely, you know, seek out some advice. Try to get some, you know, protection going. It whatever, like, whatever so, you feel like you need. Yeah, so. it sounds like they already did with their um, uh, seer. So that's wonderful. But, uh, Wendy, we do not invite us. I won't be coming. That's, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's, definitely. But that's uh, definitely so, a no. yeah, and that area of Arkansas is definitely you're right. Some war battleground. There is plenty, plenty there. So. Yes, so much stuff. All right. Okay. So my turn. Next. Hey everyone. Hey. Hi. I, I'm a new listener here and wanted to ask you all about a couple of things. I mentioned my mom in one story, and it's something she doesn't really talk about. So I'm asking anonymously, mostly out of respect for her. No worries. Apologies for being so lengthy, but it's hard to tell the stories in a condensed format. We don't mind. Go I ahead. don't mind. So there's two. I get to do two years. So I know. I need see so, how you stole two, but that's, that's fine. That's how I get to sneak an extra one in. So story one, the black dog. Backstory. My parents' house was built in the 1920s by one of my great-grandfathers. My great-grandmother would allow guests passing by to stay in an extra room she had in the house, which was on a major highway. I do know that a passerby did pass away in the house, but not much else about their identity or any of that. Now, my story. When I was small, like elementary school age, I was tormented by what I always called black dog. I would wake up in the middle of the night to a small to mid-sized creature that looked like a black dog with hooves like pig feet and hands like a human, but really hairy. I remember being so scared I couldn't move. It seemed like one of my pets or someone around me would pass away some short time after. I saw this several times until one night my dad stayed in my room and I had a dream he was chasing the dog through a neighboring field and shot and killed it, and I never saw it again. My mother... Tails. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, Need that... to calm the goosebumps down. Not a big fan of the... Not a big fan of this. Not a fan. Yeah, my, my mother, my family is pretty religious, and mom waited several years. I was in my 30s to tell me she used to also see a creature similar to this. Hers was more of a gray wolf and would just appear in her childhood home. I don't know much about her experiences, but I thought it was odd that she also saw something like this. So we talked about this in the previous segment because generational it can be generational. But what do you think? I mean, all right. So well, sitting well, on the chest, yeah, black dog. That goes back to our night terrors. That goes back to that's not that. Yeah. The hat man. No, no, but that's similar, you know, just is it that, like a fear monger to you? It's this could be something like that. The black dog folklore is tended to be more like the snarly yow or some of these other creatures that are seen and they're kind of so deep in shadow that they tend to blur out. Except and stuff. for he said it had pig's feet and pig's hands feet like and hands and furry hands. 
That I'm afraid sounds a little malevolent. That, that sounds some, like an imp kind of thing. Yeah, sounds yeah. definitely something. Yeah, I don't like to use the D word, but uh, that would that would be the, the definition of it. So, all right. Well, story two is knocking on the window. When COVID was running rampant, oh, we remember the C virus. Uh, my it's otherwise, there. yeah, so my, let's all not forget that. It's not as rampant. Yeah, well, in some places. My otherwise completely healthy father-in-law contracted it. I'm so sorry for that. Yeah. It was a really traumatic time because we also found out my mother-in-law had dementia that they were hiding from everyone while he was in the hospital. Oh, oh that's, oh, one-two punch. Uh, one night, I was awakened from a deep sleep by four very loud knocks on my bedroom window. I checked cameras and everything and saw no reason at all for the knocks. A couple of weeks later or so, the knocks happened again, but this time there were three, and it also woke my husband. My father-in-law passed away not too long after that. Oh, I always felt as though I'm a bit of a sensitive. I've had dreams that come true, genuinely feel vibes off of people and all that. I have lots of other ghost stories, but the above are some encounters that I've had and I'm still trying to figure out. I've done ancestry, DNA tests, and all that, I know I'm 80% Brit, Scots, Irish, and found at least one ancestor accused of witchcraft 30 years before the Salem witch trials. I also found a guy they called the King of the Druids in my ancestry tracing. I found Cherokee, some being sent in the Trail of Tears. So lots of crazy stuff there. Oh, and I live in East Tennessee, if that is helpful. If you all read this, I hope you were at least entertained. Anybody have any ideas about that mess? why it may have happened thank you all look forward to hearing more stories too yeah um okay i want to unpack this a little bit yeah there's there's about a this, lot here. there's a lot to unpack so first of all yes my friend whoever you are uh you are sensitive that was evident by what you experienced when you were a child so yes a plus for that second of all i think this is similar to our owl story which is um, obviously somebody who's trying to come and tell you that. And sometimes these things do not necessarily take a form that we would expect. I mean, we'd all, you know, hope that it would be a beautiful creature that showed up to be like, hi, I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I have a, a friend of mine, um, and who's a brother of one of my best friends that it, it was a butterfly. Mm. And there are certain times you see a it's always usually a black butterfly with a slightly bent wing. It's a very weird thing, but we see that. And every single time I know it's him, like just saying hi. So, um, and my friend has that same experience. We both have had the same experience, same butterflies, and we're in completely different states. It's not like we're next to each other and it's we're watching it from a thing. So I think that you have your father-in-law came to say goodbye yeah. and was probably just notifying you that he was ready to go. Yeah. The knocks are definitely, you know, I know some people say tree knocks are a way Bigfoot communicates and stuff like that. So that can happen. But also well, uh, the Druids used to knock well, on the trees. Druids used to knock on trees to communicate. And that's, you know, and you're also saying you're 80% Bridge Scott Irish and you're living in Eastern Tennessee, which is the same mountain range that is the Scottish Highlands and Ireland's mountains are the Appalachians before Pangaea, before the break when Pangaea was, it was all one mountain range. Then it split up so that these 
you know, the King of the Druids is in the same mountain range as you. And also that you have Cherokee blood, Trail of Tears. We've discussed that a couple of times in peripheral, uh, just a terrible time in our history that, you know, we treated uh, a, you know, a tribe so terribly. But uh, amongst everybody that yeah, was here yeah, yeah. before we were here. Yeah. So you're still living in your ancestral land, even though it's not Scotland or Ireland or Britain, you're still on your ancestral land here. It's just a little different. So, yes. And I, you know, be proud of that. Be proud of that heritage, yeah. um, you know, and thank you for sharing your story. Please send us more. We love oh, them. Yes. And yeah. said you got more stories. We're happy to listen to them and hopefully we did you justice. Yes. Yeah. Ayo. I'm guessing that's no, how it's a ho. A ho. A ho. That's the, um, the tribal way of saying hello. Is it? Yes. Okay. I just learned something. Forgive me. A ho. We got to get you watching reservation dogs. You'll, yeah. learn, you'll learn that really quick. So. Okay. That's where I should learn that. From. That's where you should learn. No, no. Okay. It's a good show. Okay. Elders have spoke of these beings long ago. They said that they used to sit with us in our ceremonies. They taught our people to weave cypress baskets and to use plants as medicine. Some lived with us and some of us with them. I have also heard that some tribes stay away from them, that they come into villages and steal women and children to mate and to eat. Oh, I don't like that. Mm. No. If you go where they are, you will never come back. I think they're a lot like us as people. Some of us do not want to be bothered by anyone. And they are. there are some that would rather take your life than look at you. These are just speculations of course and no one knows for sure i would thought i would share my favorite story for you to share with your listeners very cool thank very you so cool. much so i'm looking forward to this story okay but you got to correct me if i say any of this wrong uh, i'll do my best i okay. don't know i don't know the so forgive I... us because we are reading this for the first time i'm reading this so if i say anything wrong i greatly apologize i am going to do my best the Modoc and the Ma Mata Kagni. The Mataka the Matakagini, I think. Okay. Or the Sasquatch. Yeah. Okay. My grandfather was born in 1853. He later fought in the Modoc War. Is it Modoc? Yeah, the Modoc. Okay. In defense of our homeland. It was the same story as most defeat. Family being murdered and sent away. Grandfather did not like the Claw Map Reservation and soon returned to the part of the country he loved. By some good fortune and help of the white friend and Eureka. Eureka, California, he was able to buy some land in the mountains. He built a cabin and lived there from then on till his death in 1935. He fell asleep on a riverbank and never woke up. Grandfather lived a long and eventful life, but it was not a happy one. He told me a story when I was a child, and I never tired of hearing it. His first contact with Mata Gagami yeah. okay, was one evening in the summer of 1897. He was walking along a deer trail near a lake just about dusk when he saw up ahead of him what looked like a tall bush. When he walked closer, he smelled the strong kind of musky odor. And that's Sasquatch are known for that, right? Yep. He looked closer in the bush and suddenly realized it was not a bush at all. And it was covered with a thick, coarse hair, much like horse hair. 
He took a step closer and the creature made a sound that sounded like Nia. Looks like it. Grandfather knew this was one of the old ones spoke about, the Mahat Kami, Kagami. Um, although it was growing dark fast, Grandfather was able to see quite clearly two soft brown eyes through that hair. The creature moved slightly and Grandfather made a motion of friendship and laid down the string of fish he'd been carrying. The creature evidently understood this as it snatched up the fish and struck out towards the timber that was nearby. It stopped for a moment and made a sound my grandfather never forgot. A long, low... It looks like it says agoomit. Agoomit. Grandfather never told anyone outside of my family's story. He called them people too. He called them Mahat Kagami. It was a few weeks after his encounter that he awakened one morning by some strange noises outside his cabin. Upon investigating, he found a stack of deer skin. Oh, yeah. love this. Okay, deer skin fresh and ready to be tanned. Off in the distance, he heard the strange sound again. A gomont, hmm. right? A gomont. It's written phonetically, and I, we're it trying is. our best. So. Yes. After this, there were other items left from time to time. Wood, acorns, wild berries, and fruit. Yeah. It was a few years later that he had a second but far more amazing contact with his friend. Grandfather had taken a job with some white men from San Francisco area to help them search for gold that was supposed to be in Mount Shasta. Grandfather never much cared for money, but times had changed, and living off the land was increasing was increasingly getting harder and harder the men had a map and were bound and determined to find gold that they were told was there grandfather agreed to show them the area but he could scarcely conceal the fact that he thought all white men were a little crazy and searched for his search for this yellow metal they stated that he helped them they stated if he helped them find the gold he too would be a rich man it made no difference to him one way or the other after the treasure hunter party had reached the base of Mount Shasta, they began drinking a lot, so Grandfather told them he would go on ahead and explore some of the lower-level rock shells, as they were in no condition to do so themselves. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, drinking and rock climbing is probably a very bad combo. <laughs> That's not what the story says. That is just what I'm adding. Yeah. So the next morning, he set up the mountain trail. After a little bit of climbing, he reached one of the shelves he wished to examine. Then it happened. A timbler, timber rattler struck him in the leg without warning. Oh, that's a rattlesnake. That's yeah, not good. that good. Yeah. Grandfather killed the snake and started heading down the mountain trail to a more comfortable spot, but soon found it very difficult to continue walking. The best he can remember is that he became sick to his stomach and fainted, which is one of the signs from being bitten by a rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah. It's basically stopping your heart. Yeah. When he came to, he thought he must be dreaming, for there were three large matat kagami and about eight to ten feet tall surrounding him he noticed that they made a small cut on the snake bite and somehow removed the venom and placed cold moss on the wound then one of the mahat kagami made a kind of grunting sound and the two lifted him and carried him down the trail carried him down a trail he did not know finally after some descent down the mountainside they placed him under a low bushy tree and left Again, my grandfather heard their moanful cry. Boom. After a long while, he began to feel better and took his old forty-four caliber cap and ball pistol out and began firing some shots in the air. 
Finally, the gold party found him. Grandfather said nothing about the encounter with the Mahatkagami. He was taken back to where the pack mules were tied up and then went to the nearest town where he rested for a few days. He then returned home. Grandfather only told his family about the encounter and after that he would never take any amount of money to go to the region again. He said that it was a holy place. Mahat Kagami lives there and they are my friends. Oh, oh, I got chills and oh, this is amazing I love this story. For many years after that, in the still of the evening, sometimes late at night, he would hear the sound he now knew. Ooh. The call of the Mahat Kagami. Grandfather went on to state that they were not vicious, but very shy, especially to white men. They generally came out in the evenings at night. They lived chiefly on roots and dug up berries and only ate meat in the bitterest of cold weather. Their homes are deep in the mountainside burrows, unknown to any man. I never grew tired of these stories my grandfather told me as a boy. He said that they were true and I believe him. May his spirit always know peace. Written by a Modoc, spring of 1970. And that story was sent to us by Derek Morrison. Thank you, Derek. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that. Your grandfather sounds freaking amazing. Yeah. And that is another story we've heard when people exchange with these creatures, you know, the bowl of soup and yeah. the things like that, that they have that back, which is really an interesting phenomenon for. Yeah. This is like the fourth story we've gotten with a very similar situation. Yeah, like you know, giving and receiving, and you know, and, and making contact, and and then and I, also leaving them at peace. Leave if you leave them at peace, they leave you at peace. And and this one, you know, helping them from a snake bite—that's that is amazing. That's that's wild. I mean, this is an old story. I had heard it before when I was growing up, and uh, again, it was written in the seventies uh, or nineteen seventy. It says, and. Um, but um, yeah, that's yeah. This is this is a this is a repeated story. I've heard this one before, and uh, but well, I haven't heard. No, this I know, one and before. that's. I'm very happy he shared it because it was one of those that uh, it's one of those I love sharing stories like this. And if you've got a family story that has been passed down for generations, and you know you want to share it with us, drop us a line at the website so that we can read it around to other listeners who may not have heard this story. So. absolutely and also don't forget we can keep you anonymous if you like yeah like, yep. absolutely we have Happy no problem that. with that and so hey travelers thank you all very much for sharing your stories These were amazing. With us. they were so wonderful and creepy there's some of you that sent some creepy oh, ones hey, I like creepy. and we, some are kind of humorous i'm good with that too so, i yeah. love all of that yeah. and thank you keep sending them to us we will keep reading them to you hmm. we really appreciate you don't forget, like, subscribe, reviews, comments, yeah, you know. Vote for us, Paranormality Magazine. Uh, I, I We're just, we're going to be, watch us on our website for our, our Facebook to see all the events that we're scheduled for. I mean, there is, there's a million ways to keep in touch with us. And you can drop us a line through the website or drop it through the Facebook. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it that same way too. Absolutely. So with that, Mark, why don't you do a send off for us? I think we should uh, definitely... Remember to uh, knock three times and, uh, you know, be careful of windigos on your property. And uh, also don't forget get, your railroad spikes. Yeah. Don't forget your railroad spikes and your protection. Uh, watch out for pumpkin balls in the sky owls. And, 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 and keep your eye out for owls and other spirits. 
And if you're working in a haunted house, hey, you know, make friends with the ghost so you can protect you from the boys next door. So I love that. I loved all these stories. Thank you all so much. And thank you so much, gang. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you.